Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the Hoff WFAN on social media. Uh, I will be hosting this Sunday morning sometime around midnight to 5 a.m. on WFAN, depending on what time the college games end. It may be pushed back a little bit later, but either way, I'm going to host till 5 a.m. this Sunday morning. Um, you can always catch me, Tiki and Tierney, Monday through Friday on The Fan, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and also the Rico Bronia podcast hosted by Evan Roberts. I co-host that as we talk everything Mets. So there's a bunch of different places to catch me or always here as we do the MMA breakdowns and talk about what's new in the world of MMA. Now, first things first, before we get into UFC 286, there are, you know, we didn't talk much regarding the John Jones win and the Stipe Miocic fight that's scheduled for July 8th. But it sounds like John Jones put out a tweet Basically saying that um, he's not hearing back from Stipe, seeing that sounds like Stipe's backing out of a fight. So he kind of called him out on Twitter, and Stipe said, I'll see you there July 8th. Now, I'm not sure if that's showmanship, if that's uh, some other case that they're trying to figure out a different fight to do when they want to try to push Stipe out. Stipe versus John Jones right now currently makes the most sense for both fighters. Uh, I'm not sure how many more fights Stipe has left, but give him that fight because right now Stipe Miocic is the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. So John Jones having that type of fight, if he wins, that puts him on a, already puts him on a, you know, John Jones is the greatest UFC fighter of all time, but if he beats the greatest heavyweight, UFC heavyweight of all time, it arguably puts him on a different stratosphere, um, a different level. But whatever. The... Fight that still needs to be made is the Francis Ngannou fight, and rumor is, not rumor, Francis basically told Ariel Hawani that it seems like he's next. His next fight is going to be a boxing fight. It sounds like Deontay Wilder is the fight that makes that that's going to be made. And to be honest with you, that made the most sense anyway. I did not want to see Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. That to me was just a waste of time. Tyson Fury is a phenomenal boxer. Deontay Wilder is a phenomenal striker. Francis Ngannou is a phenomenal striker. So that's what it comes down to. It's the power punches. It's not about your boxing skills. It's not about it's about landing who can land the hardest punch. And that between Deontay Wilder and Francis Ngannou makes the most sense if he's going to do boxing. Now, do I really want to see Francis Ngannou in the to, to, in boxing? I don't. I really don't. That to me is it burns my eyes. I I, I we've watched this before. We've seen the the uh, Jake Paul fights. You know, it they're not as interesting as we'd like it to be. It, it listen, it sounds sexy, but it's really not. And as any MMA fan out there, 
are the skill sets of MMA fighters are more diverse. They have more striking attacks. They have ground games. They have more skills in a clinch because you could use a clinch. You got the elbows. You got a lot of different things going on. In boxing, it's a whole different thing. It's more about moving your head. It's more about uh, the feints and and throwing your opponent off and working the body a little bit here and there. And it's, it's all about how you attack and how you set up your punches. Uh, whereas in MMA, yes, you do need to set up punches and need to set up certain things. But there's so many different elements that you also have to focus on as well where you can't just isolate one specific game, which is basically striking with your two fists. Um, not knocking boxing, but just saying that when you have MMA fighters go to boxing, it's not as entertaining as we like to think. So to me, this fight is is not as great as it's going to be uh, build up to, but... Let Francis and Ganu get paid. If that's how he's going to get paid, that's great. His next step, it sounds like, is either PFL or one. But the reality is, is the UFC should step in at some point in time whenever the John Jones, Stipe Miocic fight is done, and they should have Francis and Ganu walk into that cage and fight, whether it's Stipe, whether it's John Jones, Francis and Ganu needs the next fight. That makes the most sense for the UFC. There's no other fight after John Jones and Stipe Miocic that you could set up that will be better than Francis Ngannou versus either Stipe for the trilogy or John Jones versus the legacy. That, to me, is an incredible fight. Both of those are incredible fights. Listen, obviously, the John Jones-Francis Ngannou is, the, out of the, the two fights, is clearly the better fight but the Stipe fight is for Stipe versus Francis sets up that nice little trilogy as well. Um, but again, John Jones and Stipe have to fight first, and also Francis and Ganu and the UFC have to come together and kind of put themselves in a, a friendlier place than they are currently right now. Because it looks like the PFL or one will get Francis and Ganu, which is fine. We've seen fighters leave promotions and, and come back to the UFC. Uh, later on, and that's okay. However, it will just give John Jones more time to figure out the heavyweight division, and it'll kill the not the the buildup of Francis Ngannou, but Francis Ngannou. I'm not sure how long of a career he's going to have, but if he's going to go test out boxing, boxing, and if he's going to go, you know, through other heavyweights, it's going to put wear and tear on him as well, and and. And he's a big guy, and we he has gone through some injuries before too. So it just does not bode well for the elite John Jones versus the elite Francis Ngannou. It's going to put down an older Francis Ngannou, and who knows what's going to happen then. But builds John Jones up because John Jones is that good. That's my uh, you know that's my take on the Francis Ngannou portion of this podcast. As far as some interesting news, and it's not supposed to be uh, a big. Situation, It really shouldn't be. But unfortunately, Jeff Molina had to come out as being bisexual because someone leaked a vote, uh, video of him. And I'm not even sure. I didn't see the video, nor do I care to see the video. But he had to put out this huge statement. And he's a little ups- he's upset, and rightfully so, because someone leaked the video and he came out with a sexuality that he's bisexual. It doesn't make a difference about anybody's sexuality in MMA. Um, I think we know by now that there's tons of people 
that are, especially on the female side, that are bisexual, that are gay, that are lesbian. It's it's fine. It does not change anything. It's a skill set that anybody cares about in sports world and too in general. We've Carl Nassib, uh, you know, NFL player, came out as being gay. Um, Michael Sam. There's you know, NBA world has been a, a few. At this point in time, there's no big deal. Unfortunately, though, to out somebody that wasn't ready to out themselves is the issue. Um, and that's really where it comes down to, especially in the in the fashion of sending out, showing videos and stuff like that. That's just kind of, again, it's privacy stuff that pe- people leaking out. It's uh, That is where the issue lies. There is no issue about anybody's sexuality. Let them be who they want to be, and it's all good. I don't care. Jeff Molina, if he turns into the, be the, the best flyweight of all time, I don't care if he's gay, straight, bisexual. It's all good. Um, but it is unfortunate that he had to do that on social media, and it's unfortunate we have to talk about it. You know, that that type of thing, it's unnecessary. And there's so many closeted people in MMA because you're right. There is machismo behind it. There's, there's as far as a male in MMA, there's this stigmatism that everyone's, you know, a manly man and there's no one that's uh, bisexual or gay. It's just untrue. It's just that they don't come out because it's just not um, not as it hasn't been normalized yet. Uh, but if you look at the lesbians in in uh, in MMA in the MMA world, look at Amanda Nunes, look at uh, you know Nina, look at Raquel Pennington and Tisha Torres. Like there are plenty of lesbian women in MMA. We had I had this conversation with Laura Senko a long time ago. I forgot the number she gave, but I think it was like forty sixty. Uh, 40 gay or bisexual athletes, 40% in in the MMA world, especially in the well, at least in the women's side of things. I'm not sure what the what the men's side was, but there are plenty gay athletes, and it's fine. Like like th- that in today's world, that should not be a thing. And to find people that are or are not outed or are outed, it just it that is one of those things where too much. Uh, it's social media world where they were trying to invade in people's privacy, and it doesn't make a difference. To be honest with you, the bigger situation with Jeff Molina is that he was attached to James Krause, and that's the bigger issue. That that was the, that was the biggest issue because I believe he got suspended um, for for that along with some other people. Like that's the issue. That, if anything, there's an issue there it has nothing to do with his sexuality. So. Uh, that's unfortunate, though. So, but anyway, we gotta do have a big, and I haven't really touched on it because I was on air once it was over. But the Marav Devashvili fight versus Peter Yan—that is, you know, Marav Devashvili is someone that for a while now we've looked at and seen how great he is, how explosive he is, how relentless he is in the bantamweight division, and really, there's it's it's almost impossible to withstand the output of Marav Davashvili. He's taken hits, he's been in battles, and he always finds a way to basically come out on top. And no matter if it's five rounds even, after we just saw versus Peter Jan, he has the stamina to go full five. So we're looking at a bantamweight fight with Henry Cejudo taking on champion, current champion Aljamain Sterling, May 6th in at the Prudential Center on, at, for UFC 288. And the winner of that, you know, what's what's left? It's got to be Marav Devashvili. But if Aljamain Sterling still has the belt, it's not going to be that. And that's unfortunate. And that's where 
Uh, Dana White's had some critical things to say about Marav Davashvili, and I understand it because if you look in the past, former champions uh, and teammates didn't want to fight each other, and that kind of kills some people's careers. Now, the Marav Davashvili, who's going to want to take on other people, going to want to take on guys like Sean O'Malley, he, but he's a stepping stone. Is that the smartest move? I, I would say no, it's not. I mean, Marab, personally speaking, I think needs to go for the belt next. Because you just don't know how long. You don't know. We, we In baseball, we just saw Edwin Diaz go down with a, with a silly injury celebrating. Who knows what's gonna what's in, in store for Marab Devashvili over the next year. If he suffers some sort of injury and he gets set back, he suffers a loss and, get, loss and gets set back, like that title fight is not given to him. It's given to him now. He's ready now, but you also need Al Jermaine Sterling not to hold the belt. So, honestly, I think Marab needs to kind of t- take himself out for a second and really think about what's next for him and his career. And for him, the best opportunity he has is versus Al Jermaine Sterling. Unless, listen, unless he thinks that Al going to beat him and that's the reason why he can't do that fight, I, I understand that respect that. That's all good. All good. But really, he should think about the opportunity that's in front of him. He may never get it again. So that's that's and Dana made it sound like that. You just never know. Now listen, we've seen we we've seen Don Cerrone, his career. He never had an opportunity. So like that that's 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 one person particularly you look at and go that guy never minded fighting whomever was in front of him. But at some point in time, he did think about the title. But by that point in time, it was too late. So you don't want that from Marab Devashvili. He's too good of a fighter, especially right now, and he's going to cause hell in the bantamweight division if he does hold on to that belt and get a chance to fight for that belt. But Aljamain Sterling, it sounds like, needs to lose before that even happens. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see. And Henry Cejudo is ready. It's confirmed 288 at Prudential Center. So that, that, that'll be fun. Now this weekend we have Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman in the main event. We'll get to that in a little bit, but... Uh, overall, just a quick look through the card itself. Early prelims. Um, no one that really sticks out. Thank goodness they put the Joanne Wood, Luana, Carolina card uh, fight on the early prelims. They they moved that around. Thank goodness that was much needed to do. They have Jai Herbert versus Ludwig Klein on the lightweights. Uh, Juliana Miller versus Veronica Macedo. Decent fight just to open the card up. Uh, Jake Hadley versus Malcolm Gordon. Dusko Todorovic versus Christian Leroy Duncan uh, in a middleweight matchup, which is interesting. Todorovic has had his ups and downs recently in, his, in, in the UFC. Uh, Duncan is, is 7-0 undefeated. We'll see how that fight goes. Gabriel Santos versus Leon, Leron Murphy uh, to be the main of the early prelim fights. Uh, as far as the prelims, Mohamed Makayev comes back in a flyweight. He's, got, um, he's 9-0. He's been dominant. Uh, there is a no contest in there, but he's been d- dominant so far in the flyweight division. So it's going to be exciting to see him back. He's facing Hafel Philo uh, in the flyweight division. Sam P- Patterson takes on Yanel Ashmaz. Not really sure how to pronounce that, so I'm not going to give you much if I don't even know him. Chris Duncan versus Omar Morales. And Jake Shore, sorry, excuse me, Jack Shore returns. He's 6-1. and one. I believe his last fight was the only loss he had. Who is that to? Uh, yeah, to Ricky Simon, he got submitted. But he was 16-0 going up against Ricky Simon. Uh, and that was that fight at uh, at the UBS Arena. 
and and Ricky Simon put on an amazing fight, put on a good show, and beat the undefeated Jack Shore. Uh, now 16 and one going again against Maquan Amerikani, who he's had some ups and downs too. He's a really good submission artist, uh, submission fighter. He's had his struggles though. Uh, he did beat Grundy, lost to Jonathan Pierce. Was that just the fight where I'm thinking where he lost to? Uh, did Barboza beat him? Where's the? Is it the? Yeah, the Shane Burgos fight. That's the one that stands out to me as one where with an elite striker, he is in some bad situations. He puts himself on his back a lot, allows himself to get some um, some really bad situations on the ground to try to get the submission, and Shane Burgos took it to him. I, that was one fight where I was screaming for them to, to stop the fight early, and with 28 seconds to go, in the third round, they finally called it, but they could have stopped the fight in the second round. Shane Burgos was, was dominating that fight so much, but he's rebounded. He's had some wins from there. He lost the fight to to Edson Barboza, lost to Leron Murphy. That was by KO. Lost to Kamala Kirk by a decision. Again, lost to Jonathan Pierce, and obviously the uh, now he's up against Jack Shore at the main event, uh, main main event on the prelims. Uh, main card though, and listen, it's a. It, I would say this. I look at the card. There's two fights that are popping, um, and then two that are decent. One that's kind of like a fan favorite. I would say first of all, Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delidze. I feel like people are sleeping on Delidze. That's a really good fight. And depending on what type of Marvin Vittori we see, this could be one of those fights that steal the night. Like, remember when? was uh, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler at UFC. I'm blanking the number when it was um, when it was uh, at um, at Madison Square Garden a few years ago, and the main event was Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington, and Gaethje and Chandler put on a show. Rocked the house for three rounds. It was an incredible fight. And then all of a sudden, Shane Burgos came came on and fought um, a Billy Quarantillo. And it was an amazing fight, too. But no one remembers that fight because of how huge of a fight it was with Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. Now, I'm not going to sit there and say that uh, Roman Delidze and Marvin Vittori are on that level as far as name-wise goes. But the fight-wise... Those two could put on a show. It's it's a middleweight fight. Delidze, it's a strong striker. Vittoria has in the past had some... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Really good fights where he was climbing up the rankings, which put him in that fight versus Israel Adesanya uh, to put him uh, in contention for a title, put him in a title shot. He ended up losing, and it wasn't a great fight for Vittori. And then had that kind of a stinker versus Costa, even though he did win. But his fight versus Robert Whitaker was much better. So if we can get the uh, Jack Hermanson, the Carl Roberson type of fight versus with uh, Marvin Vittori, the Kevin Holland fight with Marvin Vittori, we could be set up for a banger of a first fight on the pay-per-view, which is what they look for. You know, DeLizzi has the knockouts over Hermanson, over Phil Hawes, over Kyle Dacus. Like, DeLizze is a nasty striker and can bring a fight. Now, Marvin Vittori is going to try to, you know, stuff that and try to minimize the strikes as much as possible. It It's going to be an interesting one, and this could be over early. It could be a long one, but exciting one. So this is something to keep an eye on. Now, the next fight is the Jennifer Maya-Casey O'Neill fight. Casey O'Neill is really she was originally on like the early prelims or the 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 main prelims or whatever it was but thankfully they moved this fight to the pay-per-view cuz people wanted to see Casey O'Neill she's she's 9 and 0 right now she beat Roxanne in her last previous fight in uh UFC basically Roxanne hung it up after that um she is 4 and 0 in the UFC currently with wins over Shana Dobson, Laura Procopio and Ant- Antonina Shevchenko so Three of those are by finishes. The only one that she didn't finish was Roxanne. And listen, that's totally understandable. But she is 9-0 in the UFC. She's going to face a tough test in Jennifer Maya. Now listen, Maya has had experience. She's 34 years old. She's nine years older than her. She doesn't have the height. She doesn't have the reach. But she but she does have the experience. You know, think about it. She had the, um, she had the title fight versus Shevchenko. That was three years ago. But she did have a title fight versus Valentina Shevchenko. So she's had the she's fought the elite. She even went five rounds with, with Valentina. So she's fought the elite. She's had semi-success. If you go five rounds with Valentina, that alone is successful. Um, and she did beat Roxanne. She lost to Caitlin Chukagian. But again, the Jessica I, she beat um Manin for um I'm gonna up her name because she's French, but Manon Farout. She lost to, she also lost to Caitlin Shukagan as well. But um, I think those were two times she lost to Caitlin. Yeah, she did. But the point is, is that she has the experience. Casey O'Neill is raw. She's talented. She's much younger. Her fights, again, Roxanne's a good test. But most of all, the, the Valentina, uh, the Antonina fight was, I guess, some somewhat uh, of a strong fight to go up against, against the Shevchenko because Shevchenko's got the skill set. Regardless, uh, Casey O'Neill is definitely one to watch, so it was good that they put her on the pay-per-view. No one needed to see the other fight that was on that was scheduled for that. No offense to the, the other fighters. You know, um, Joanne Wood is a hometown favorite, but that was one of those things that you just did not need to see. 
because the more exciting fight is the Jennifer Maya Casey O'Neill fight. Here's the fight that I get why Gunnar Nelson's on it. He's 18, 5, and 1. He's 34 years old. Brian Barbarina steps in. He is an exciting fighter. So it's a good matchup. But to me, I, I don't know if that would be the one I would have highlighted uh, as the, you know, the event, the what the featured fight going into Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fiziev. I would have probably put the Jack Shore, Makwan Armakani fight in there, or maybe Muhammad Makayev. Like, Muhammad Makayev deserves to get better billing, personally speaking, than he is, but it's fine for now because he's still not uh, known. And it's a flyweight fight, so a lot of people don't look at the flyweight fa- fights as anything too real, which is unfortunate because fantastic fighters. I mean, look look at what, what's going on right now uh, with Moreno and, and Figueredo. That being said, uh, Gunnar Nelson, Brian Barberina should be good. Gunnar Nelson, as long as he's still, you know, as long as there's no major injury and wants to strike, that could be really, really fun. Now, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a wrestling match, if it if it goes to the ground a lot, that's my concern because Barbarena. I'm not sure if he's really great off his back. He's got Brazilian jiu-jitsu to it to him, or that's that's Gunnar Nelson actually. But um, but Barbarena is more of a striker, so. I don't like this matchup unless they both plan on standing, and I don't really know. He's blue belt in, in jiu-jitsu, so I'm, it's not like uh, Gunnar Nelson, who is a little bit better. Uh, he is, uh, yeah, he's a third-degree black belt in Henzo Gracie. So let's be serious. The level of jiu-jitsu skill is a little bit more towards the Gunnar Nelson side, much more comfortable on his back, much more comfortable on the ground. And that's why I just don't like this matchup as far as where it's placed on this card. If it's a banger, it's a different story. But I don't know if Gunnar Nelson really wants to stand stand bang with Brian Barbarena. We've seen Barbarena over the years just have some unbelievable, outrageous brawls. We've seen him with Robbie Lawler, with Matt Brown, um, recently with Rafael DeSanos. Um, He's had these fights with Jason Witt. Just go down the list of the Brian Barbarena fights. He is a brawler, and that's what we want to see. That's what makes Brian Barberina exciting. I don't want to see Gunnar Nelson just take him to the ground, which is, listen, if that's a strategy to win, I get it. I just won't, won't like it, especially as a featured fight on the card. I don't want to see some Gunnar Nelson just take Barberina down for three rounds and us get like a, a boring match where Barberina just can't stand up. We've seen that before with Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. No offense to Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington, that was not the fight that fans wanted to see. People wanted to see Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal stand and strike for five rounds. We didn't get that. And that's, that is what my concern is for Gunnar Nelson, Brian Barbarino. All right. Uh, the co-main event is a banger. Justin Gaethje for Rafael versus Rafael uh, Fiziev. Now, listen, Fiziev is the younger of the two. He does have a bit of a reach, shorter of the two. But this guy is someone who through the years, has made a quick, quick impact. I know he, he lost his first fight in 2019 versus Magomed Mustafaev, but since then, he's undefeated, okay? He's beaten Alex White. He's beaten Mark DeCasey. He's beaten Renato Maikana, you know, in crazy KO fashion. Um, he beat Bobby Green, Brad Riddell. He's beaten... RDA. Okay? 
in a late KO. So this guy is legit. Six in a row right now. He's looking for seven in a row. And now Justin Gaethje, who has put on amazing shows, who's put on an amazing fights. His last fight, he went for, um, he lost to Charles Oliveira, understandably. He beat Chandler. He lost to Khabib. So he's two and three. But realistically, look at the people that he's fought. You know? If you go back to as, as soon as he came to the UFC, he beat John, Michael Johnson. He did lose to Eddie Alvarez. I think there was a, I forgot what the, what the, what the issue was there, but that was a crazy finale. I think Eddie Alvarez beat him at the end of that fight. That was 2018. Lost to Poirier, but beat Vic in a crazy knockout. Beat Barbara, Barboza, beat Cerrone, beat Ferguson, and then got to the Khabib fight. And it's been really, I'm surprised, I'm forgetting again, the, the pandemic definitely hurt too, but forgot that he's only fought three times over the past four years. So he's, um, well, four times, actually, because you put the Tony Ferguson fight in there. But Khabib was lost. Justin Gaethje wins over Chandler in that UFC 268 fight. And then the loss to Charles Oliveira. So one and two his last three fights. Gaethje, Fiziev, both elite strikers. And that's really where this is going to be. It's it's Gaethje. I'm, I'm not saying I'm scared for him because I think he's a amazing fighter. He has learned how to not be this, uh, you know, um, punch drunk fighter, this bar uh, bar room f- brawler. He's learned to really control and understand how he wants to approach his fight, and it's it's much more calculated than we used to think. But Fiziev is turning into an elite fighter, and this is a huge step for Fiziev, and I think. It's almost a title fight type of step for Fiziev if he can get through Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is an elite fighter. No one's going to take anything away from him at all, and it won't put. Uh, I will not drop his stock at all if he turns and if he loses to Fiziev. But for Fiziev, I think this is a title fight for him if he comes out on top, and I do think that that's where it's going to head because he is just the kickboxing skills are elite. His agility is elite. You've seen him, the um, the Matrix-style ducking sh- uh, strikes. That's where Fiziev is as a fighter. And I'm just – that that is a, an incredible fight. It's, it's almost a shame it's only three rounds. But that is going to be – it's not going to last three – it might not last three rounds, to be honest with you. But it, that's going to be fun. And then, obviously, the main event is Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman, which some people were shocked to see that Colby Covington weighed in as a backup fighter in case there was an issue. Now, listen, first of all, that totally signifies that Colby Covington is up for uh, the the winner of Edwards Usman, and that is great to hear because, first of all, Colby Covington, you know, you could say what you want about him, but the, the two Usman fights were, were incredible. But to Leon Edwards beating Kamaru Usman, the best fight versus Kamaru Usman has been both Colby Covington fights. And you could say, well, he got knocked out the first fight. Yeah, he broke his jaw. But that still doesn't take away the fact that Com- that Colby Covington put up a test in both fights versus Kamara Usman. Both phenomenal fights. Now, listen, the Leon Edwards fight's very, very interesting, too, if that, that ends up being um, what it could be. Because Colby Covington is a really good fighter. He might be an ass, but he's a really good fighter. Now, as far as the main event goes, Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman, Leon Edwards is in his home. He's in London. He 
feels good. Kamara Usman looks a little shaken. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm just not going to lie about it. I see that Edwards is coming a little bit more confident, coming a little bit more cocky, and he's always been a confident fighter. Listen, you saw the, the even with the uh, Jorge Masvidal stuff backstage, he's always had that confidence behind him, okay? So no one scares him. And you just see, you look back at that fight, he's a finisher at any point in time. He could set himself up well. And Kamaru Usman, who was winning that fight, we've seen that so many times now. We've seen Valentina Shevchenko. We've seen Kamaru Usman. We, we recently saw with the Israel Adesanya fight. These people, these fighters, getting into later rounds, it is tough to win every round. And they just need to find a way to control the fight and not allow themselves in late situations to um, to be in these brawls. So if Kamaru Usman wants to make this, wants to win the belt back, his bet bet is to take this to the ground and keep the fight on the ground at all times, so he doesn't have to strike with Leon Edwards. That's a tough task. Leon Edwards can keep the fight on the ground if need be. Uh, keep the keep the fight standing if need be. He's a good striker. Not saying that Kamaru Usman's not, but he's a good enough striker that Kamaru Usman is going to have issues. Do I like Kamaru Usman um, to find a way to win? Listen, Kamaru is, like I said, amazing, stunning run that he was on. I think that Leon Edwards took something out of him. We've seen it in the past. We've seen fighters in the past. After they have that long title run, what it does to them. Listen, Kamaru Usman's 20 and 2. Okay? He's 20 and 2. He came into the UFC with a loss under his belt. Right? So, it's not like people have figured him out. It's been Leon Edwards, and that's it. But that loss definitely did something to him. And Ben, this is his first fight back. Does he get some sort of jitter? Does he get some sort of flashback? Does he get, you know, listen, whether it's, you know, whether the the memories pop in his head of him getting knocked out. I mean, some people get knocked out, don't even realize it. Because the dominance that Kamaru Usman had going into that fight was incredible. But Covington might have actually done something to him. Covington might have made him think that he's this elite striker. He could handle Covington. But Covington can take a strike. That's what it comes down to is Covington, when you counter the wrestling skills and try to stay in the bang, it just shows that Covington is that good. And Leon Edwards, listen. The take the, the, Leon Edwards was able to prevent seven takedowns. Is that great? It means he's making Usman's making them work. He didn't get them all down, but he was able to pre- prevent seven of them. That's a that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, but the one night, the, the one strike, and it's funny. You look at these striking numbers. Oh my goodness, the the output by Kamaru. 247 significant strikes, uh, sorry, 
247 strikes compared to 85 in Leon Edwards. The significant strikes, though, were, weren't that far off. I mean, I guess they kind of were, but 135 to 75. But Leon Edwards, you know what? It's it's calculated. We've seen it before. We've seen other fighters allow. Like, look at Chris Curtis. Good example. Chris Curtis has won some amazing fights recently. And a lot of times he makes the opponent just go out there and wear themselves out. And that's something to really think about with with that last fight with Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman was tired. So if Leon Edwards is smart and he can, can go that way again and find a way to withstand the takedowns of uh, Kamaru Usman and withstand the striking of Kamaru Usman, if Leon Edwards finds that hole again, that's all he needs. And that, to me, is the biggest difference of this because Kamaru Usman is not finishing Leon Edwards. That's one thing I, I will say. You look at the fights that Kam- the Kamaru's won. I mean, besides the clean f- hit on Jorge Mazadal, I don't look at, at, at Kamaru as this significant elite striker. I think he got a really good shot in on Jorge Mazadal, but he's not that type of guy. And again, the Covington fight where he knocked him out, broken jaw. Before that, there was a lot of decisions, and that's what Kamaru does best. He got comfortable standing, which is good, but the elite striker is Leon Edwards, and that's why he's going to retain the belt. And that's why Colby Covington is going to face Leon Edwards, and that's going to be fun. All right, listen, uh, I will, again, like you've said, if you're listening on WFAN this weekend, uh, after the fights, because the, the fights are early, actually, on uh, on Saturday. They're 5 p.m. start for the main event, so they start around, I think, 2, a, 2 p.m. Uh, for the early prelims, or is it 1 a.m.? 1 p.m., actually, excuse me, for the early prelims. And the rest is, uh, you know, 3 p.m. for the uh, the main prelims, and then 5 p.m. is the pay-per-view start time. That being said, I will be on sometime in the evening uh, after the uh, NCAA finals or, or March Madness, the tournament schedule, on Sunday morning, whenever, probably 12 a.m., but sometime after that till 5 a.m. on the fan. Again, you can always follow me at the Hoff WFAN on, on social media. Plus the Rico Bronya podcast, plus Tiki and Tierney on the fan, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.